Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever going to have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. And now, Lindell TV brings you The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome, I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. First of all, let me express my gratitude to Mike Lindell and the great people at MyPillow.com. Throughout this program today, we're going to advocate that you uh, consider purchasing some of the great MyPillow products. This is extraordinarily important because it is the fuel on which the Stone Zone operates. Your loyal support for MyPillow using promo code STONE uh, wins us a small commission, uh, which helps fund the research uh, and the production of this daily show. So uh, if you want to help the Stone Zone, if you want to help uh, the number one advocate uh, for free speech, election integrity, uh, and, and indeed, uh, uh, free enterprise, Mike Lindell, please uh, go to MyPillow uh, either during the show or after the show uh, and support uh, by giving your dollars there. Again, MyPillow.com, use promo code STONE. Whether it is the pillows, 
or the slippers uh, or the waffle blankets or the revolutionary new MyPillow 2.0. There are many, many great products there. Uh, so you are not only helping the movement, uh, but you're getting uh, the, this extraordinary, revolutionary uh, new uh, pillow, which has a uh, patented cooling technology built right into the pillow. And now by using promo code STONE, uh, you can uh, get a four-pack special, normally $259.92 in value for a mere $99.98. All right, let's get on with the show. Uh, the trial, or the civil trial of President Donald Trump, the Trump Organization, uh, and the Trump children, who are adult executives of that real estate development company, continued yesterday uh, in New York, uh, and it was uh, a travesty of justice, to say the least. First of all, it's important to recognize that this is a non-jury trial. You may have read that that's because President Trump's lawyers made a mistake and forgot to check a box in some form in their early filings, that is entirely and completely untrue. This is a, uh, a bench trial decided by a Democrat machine judge whose hostility to Donald Trump uh, has been demonstrated from the very first day of the proceedings. Uh, the judge, who kind of reminds me of riffraff in the movie uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, has uh, been over, top, over the top in his efforts to try to cut off the president, silence the president, silence the president's uh, lawyers. Uh, it has really been a circus. But I would argue that it is a circus from which Donald Trump, who is a master of public relations and has an acute understanding of the news cycle, has actually benefited. Uh, here's a great video from this morning of uh, criminal defense attorney uh, David Schoen uh, with an analysis of Donald Trump's bombshell testimony on the stand yesterday. David Schoen is with us. He was an attorney on Trump's defense team in the second impeachment trial and speaks with the president regularly. Good morning, David. It's good to have you. I thought it was interesting that Chris Kais, one of the mm. president's attorneys, said, quote, in my 33 years, I have not had a witness testify better. Do you agree? Uh, I, I don't have any idea what he means by that. But I think that uh, from President Trump's perspective, you know, it, it was a good day for him in that he stood up to what he believes to be a very unfair proceeding and much of America believes to be an unfair proceeding. Um, I'm not sure why they called him as a witness, frankly. This case is quickly becoming or has become already a circus. And I think this just added to it. Um, I think the judge sort of one of his comments epitomized the entire situation when he said, I don't want to hear what he has to say. Um, I, I'm not sure what purpose was served, except that I do think it will help President Trump in the polls. I think he stood up to a court that he believes to be unfair and sort of like for every American who supports him. You know, he called him a bully and that sort of thing. I think that serves him well in the polls politically. But, David, you're forgetting the second part of the judge's statement, quote, we are here to hear him answer questions, and most of the time, he's not. I take you on, on your point about what the judge said, but that's the totality of what he said. Would you have advised Trump then to take the fifth if that's you right. were his counsel? Well, first of all, that's not in his personality, as you know, I'm he sure. He did it a lot in the um, deposition. I think the that time. some... Yes, but this is a very public forum. 
Um, and I think that, he, you know, he wanted to stand up for this judge. Listen, this is one of the cases in which I think much of America feels it's unfair. You have an attorney general who campaigned on getting Trump. And then you have a case which a, with a very unusual law, this um, executive law 6312. It does, we hear fraud, but it doesn't require any showing of materiality, any showing of any losses, any showing of any victims. And so it strikes people as unfair. And he kind of spoke for those people yesterday. Have you talked to Trump since yesterday, since his testimony? Talked to or communicated with? Either. I have communicated Any with him form, since yesterday. Any form, text, <laughs> yeah. what did he say? <laughs> I wouldn't say what he said, nor would I say what I said. But I think that, you know, he feels he needs to stand up to this kind of thing. He thinks he's being treated very unfairly. And he also, listen, as you know far better than I, uh, this case and all of the cases are being tried on at least a couple of fronts. And he's, you know, he's the leading candidate for the Republican Party for president. And uh, I really think you're going to see him soar again in the polls after what happened yesterday. Does he care if he loses this case, if it helps him politically? Of, sure, of course he cares. He cares about all these cases. He takes them quite seriously. But he thinks that fundamentally they're politically driven by a political agenda and that they're very unfair. And he feels very strongly about that. I want to ask you about the law in particular on one part. It seems like the prosecutors for the AG's office got some admission from the president when they basically got him to say absolutely when they asked repeatedly, did the banks review these documents in valuation? And then I want to read you a quote from Trump talking about the valuations that were presented to him before they went to the banks. Quote, I would look at them, I would see them, and I would maybe on occasion have some suggestions. Do you think that the prosecution um, made some headway there on trying to get toward intent on that with that admission from the president? I would think that that had to be sort of their central purpose was to put him directly into the statements. Um, but I think I, I have to say, I admire the fact that he didn't shy away from that. Um, look, there's so much more going on here with the banking business. I think, you know, I talk to developers all the time about this. Some of them feel very strongly about it. Some real never Trumpers feel very strongly about it. The banks were making a lot of money on this. They ended up making money. Nobody lost anything. And if, you know, to the extent the AG argues, well, had he actually stated the values properly, the banks could have made more in fees. Number one, I don't think you find a very sympathetic audience for that. And number two, he would have well, gone to a different bank. There were a lot of banks who wanted to make these loans. It doesn't matter if there's a sympathetic audience for uh, the banks. But the other point is, sure. you give the, these numbers, you get more favorable loans. That That's really the crux of it. And there doesn't need to be a victim for him to be held civilly liable. I wonder if you know, Trump said yesterday also on the stand that the, quote, big bankers are going to come in and straighten this all out. Who are the big bankers? I, I really don't know what their plan is for, for the okay. defense, who they intend to call as witnesses. I'm sure they'll find some, you know, persuasive witnesses. Final question. Um, on this debate over the worthless clause, Trump testified, quote, there's a disclaimer clause where you don't have to get sued by the attorney general of New York. He knows, you know, this judge ruled months ago that that worthless clause is worthless as a defense. It is, right? I don't think it's worthless as a defense, but the, he knows that the judge ruled that. I think the banks clearly have an independent obligation of due diligence. This is more evidence of that, that, you know, they've given a disclaimer. No bank is lending him money without doing their own due diligence on these properties. David Schoen, always good to have you. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Uh, and there you have it, uh, David Schoen, to my mind, perhaps the single most effective criminal defense lawyer in the country today, who very ably represented Donald Trump in the second impeachment. I always uh, get that wrong. 
uh, I thought that uh, that he was absolutely right. I think the American people who are not lawyers, but who see this as a question of elementary fairness, recognize that there is no victim here. Uh, these lawyers had their own counsel. Pardon me, these banks had their own counsel. These banks had their own appraisals. Uh, nobody lends money, even to a billionaire, without conducting their own due diligence about the underlying assets that are being used for collateral. Uh, the banks made an enormous amount of money. Uh, as far as Leticia uh, uh, James is concerned, I think she has a fundamental credibility problem. She now insists uh, that uh, the idea that she was out to get Trump or ever said that she was out to get Trump uh, is uh, categorically false. Yet, as we showed on this program yesterday, uh, we showed, I think, nine different clips of her in campaign speeches saying uh, that uh, that was exactly her intention. And this was prior to her election as attorney general. So before she had any evidence of wrongdoing on Donald Trump's part, she made it very clear that her political agenda, which I think was closely tied to her political ambitions, was to, quote unquote, get Donald Trump. Uh, I expect uh, when this trial is finally over, uh, the judge Engeron will rule against President Trump and it will go to appeal. Uh, appellate lawyers, I'm not an attorney, but appellate lawyers I respect tell me there's a high probability that Trump could win on appeal. So the political impact of the case, I think, is a fair question. Uh, representing uh, President Trump has been one particularly effective lawyer, uh, Alina Haba. Let's take a look at her interview this morning. All right, you may have seen some of this earlier in the day, but a left-wing New York judge doesn't even have the grace to let the 45th president of the United States speak in court, much less on what the 45th president of the United States achieved as a realtor who essentially changed the face of New York real estate. Anyway, joining us now is one of his key attorneys, Alina Haba. Welcome back to the show. We appreciate it very much. Um, I don't get this. He's got an agenda. Uh, everybody's got an agenda in this courtroom. And they will not let Donald Trump speak his piece. Now, I want to ask you, okay, let me ask. Is Donald Trump being rude? Is he yelling? Or is he just trying to get his, let's say, two cents in that this uh, judge won't let? Honestly, none of the above. What would happen was they would show him two paragraphs on the screen. They would say, OK, here's two paragraphs on the screen. Mr. President, did you certify to this? And he would say, well, the two paragraphs discuss insurance. They discuss value and they discuss how I can rent certain property, 40 Wall Street, for instance. Uh, let me explain. First, let me hit the value. First, let me hit the insurance. Let me hit this. Let me hit that. And he would go into explaining to them mm -hmm. that maybe you have a loan document that says that I have to have a, a, a net worth of $50 million. Basic. Okay. But there's certain provisions there with step downs and things like that. It's not that simple. If I have to be absolutely honest with you, Larry, I think that they really should have thought about the legal team questioning. Somebody who is a real estate tycoon, a real estate mogul is going to go down as right. one of the greats. Spend his whole life. They don't get it. And they're trying to attack and criticize somebody. He, you better be an expert. He's to try and trying to him. See, look, as somebody who knows him rather well, 
He's trying to explain what I'm going to call the science of real estate. That's right. The accounting of real estate, the economics of real <laughs> right. estate, okay? And he knows it very well. You might disagree with some of it, but he knows it very well. That's right. And this judge, as I understand it, will not let him finish these paragraphs. No. And I don't know. And the other thing, can I just, I think this showed up. Uh, you were on, uh, your presser was during Sandra and uh, Smith and John Roberts. Um, has a president ever testified like this in court? No. Never. It's a disgrace. So they won't give him the grace to do that. It's, it's really, they're cutting him off. And I objected, and there was a fiery exchange with the judge. Yeah. Um, frankly, I, I can't even say it was with the judge and I. I'm very polite. I'm very professional when I'm in the courtroom. But the judge did not like him finishing or explaining because it wasn't good for their case, and he's interfering. He's made his decision. Let's not forget that, Larry. He made his decision on summary judgment. He found liability already. So now we're wasting taxpayer dollars for months and months and months, 450000 for an expert the AG paid. Mm. Taxpayer dollars. Those New York taxpayer dollars. We're wasting all this time, and he won't even let the president, who's the person they're trying to get to, explain why he's certified to certain values. Why? Because the minute he starts to explain it, it ruins their case. He was worth more than his statement of financial condition. And Miss James, her politics, mm -hmm. are not allowing her now to backtrack. She needs a PR team, I'm telling you. She's well, she have, looks she's... like a damn fool. Yeah. But put, putting that aside, I mean, it's the same story with the Mar-a-Lago property in Palm Beach. Every realtor is laughing yeah. at the tax assessor's assessment, which you, you and I talked about a month ago. Every realtor knows what Trump is talking about in this courtroom. The guy that doesn't know what he's talking about is a politically biased left-wing judge who won't let the 45th president make his case. I think that is one of the worst parts of this whole story. You call a trial, you make these charges, the president, who doesn't have to, comes in? Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. I mean, you could do it just as well, but he came in and they won't let him finish his paragraph? Not only that, Larry, in the beginning, and this isn't going to be reported, but in the beginning, the judge kept trying to say, if you do it again, I'm just going to tell you to leave and I'm going to have a negative inference. First of all, you can't really do that. But he was going, trying to find a reason because he was panicked. Uh, you, this is an elected official. The judge is an elected official. Oh, yeah. Letitia James is an elected official. We can't have elected officials who need to be bipartisan, who need to be on the side of their democratic thinking, their, their left-wing, radical left thinking. We can't have people like that on the bench, and then we sit here and, and can't put our case up. It doesn't make sense. You know, I know there are a lot of left-wing judges in New York. I get that. But there are also some good judges. There are. There's a court of appeals in this state. There's yep. an appellate court, all that stuff. You have a, the New York Bar Association. I know it leans left, but they're not crazy people. No. There are a lot of wonderful law firms. Law firms, by the way, whose chief officers are <laughs> Republicans, believe it or not. So I'm waiting for people to start speaking out regarding the injustice of the way this judge is treating the 45th president. Do you see my point? I do. Somebody has to stop the circus and say, this guy, what's his name, the name of the judge? Judge Gorin. He is a bad apple, and we don't want to stand behind him because he's making all of us in New York look bad. That's the truth. I'm waiting for someone to do that. That's the truth, and I think that, you Just know, step up. Yeah. Step up and say that. Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. This is ruining the legal establishment of New York. This guy's a clown, and everybody knows it. And then there's this issue what he's got a a clerk 
uh, a law clerk who's uh, you've got a mile long uh, list of left wing causes she's donated to. What's up with that? Well, I've been gagged and I'm not permitted to talk. <laughs> oh, about. Don't say a word. I'm not permitted. I want to, to keep you out it. of jail. But I think that says it all. I'm not permitted to sit here and talk about it. Where I am the legal the spokeswoman order? for the president. He's gagging the president. He gagged he's gagging me you. As well. yeah. He can't gag me because I'm in, no, I'm in journalism. You're free to say media. what you want. <laughs> but really, I mean, it's crazy stuff. So, all right, what happens next? What happens next? Well, this week we're going to finish. They're going to rest their case. We are obviously going to move uh, to completely dismiss this case. There should be a mistrial based on some of the things you mentioned today that I can't talk about. Mm -hmm. There should be a mistrial here. Uh, bias in general, I'll say, there is judicial code of ethics. Those ethics extend to yes. the entire courtroom. And when you violate the rules of judicial ethics, there need to be certain things that hold you accountable. Your license, that's why there is the bar, that's why there are ethics. There needs to be rules uh, regarding people's ability to believe in an impartial system. And I do believe it as an American. It's my mission to bring to light when there isn't that. Because not everybody's Donald Trump. Not everybody can pay for a team of exactly. 20 lawyers. Exactly. And, and if we don't stop it now, we're going to be in real deep trouble. I think we already, frankly, are. Well, I think, as I said before... I think calmer heads have to prevail with respect to the New York legal system because it looks like a clown show to the rest of the world. I also think people, whatever your opinions of my former boss, the fact remains he's the 45th president. He did not have to testify in court and he did to make a case about the economics and science of real estate. He could have given these guys a lesson if the judge had just listened. Yeah, well, he did give them a lesson. Judge might have, <laughs> hang on a second, he might have learned something. Can you imagine a judge learning something? You know, I would invite that judge to come see some of these properties. Go step on Mar-a-Lago. Go tell yeah. me that that's worth 18 million. Go, go, I mean, it's so absurd that the, the country is laughing. And if he has any, you know, self-respect, you have an opportunity the to West, turn this around. The whole west side of New York was changed by Donald Trump. The sky and the whole east side of New York was changed by Donald Trump. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Alina Haba, you're terrific. Thank, Thank you, you for Larry. making time for us. I know it's Always. been a long day. It's okay. Right, terrific stuff. Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. I'm still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. <gasps> wow, it's so soft and smooth. It's cool to the touch. How did you do that? Well, we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, MyPillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that MyPillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to you all. MyPillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of MyPillow. The MyPillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last MyPillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night. I look forward to going to bed and I wake up well rested in the morning. Sleep is all about temperature and height. MyPillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is gonna give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed. And now here's where it gets even better. We've all experienced those temperature-related sleep interruptions 
where you get too hot, you toss and turn, you flip your pillow over to the cool side. Well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back. I'm Roger Stone, and you are on the Stone Zone here at Frank Speech TV. You can also see us at rumble.com slash Roger Stone. That's rumble.com slash Roger Stone. And we're glad to have you. Let me urge you to download the Frank Speech app to your phone so you don't miss any of the great programming here at Frank Speech. But you always have the alternative of watching us on Rumble. Uh, again, there you see it, rumble.com slash Roger Stone. Subscribe now and you won't miss any of our great programming. Uh, now we're going to uh, take your questions. This is always an extraordinarily popular feature of the Stone Zone. Uh, you can send me your question by going to askstone at stonezone.com, askstone at stonezone.com. Uh, and we try to take your questions in the order in which they are asked, uh, also based on the timely nature of them. Your question can be about politics. Uh, it can be about news. It can be about history. It can be about style. It can be about fashion. Uh, can uh, be about food. Uh, really, there's no question that is off limits unless, of course, your question is obscene, uh, in which case uh, we won't be answering it. So uh, here is a question from Sarah uh, in Shreveport, Louisiana, who asks, uh, what do you think of the New York Times Siena College poll, uh, which shows President Donald Trump leading in five out of six of the key swing states? First of all, as I've often said on this program, it's important to understand that polling uh, is uh, temporary. Polling is a snapshot in time. It is an accurate reflection uh, of what a scientifically drawn and therefore meaningful and predictive sample of the voters think at any given time. But polling is dynamic uh, and poll results are affected uh, by things, well, like, for example, Trump's trial in New York, 
uh, or uh, affected like the, uh, for example, the attacks of October uh, 7th uh, by Hamas uh, in Israel. Cataclysmic and large uh, world and political events affect polling. Uh, and therefore, polling is technically outdated uh, almost the instant that it is uh, published. But uh, when trying to make decisions about polling, I urge people first look at the pollster, look at their track record for accuracy over a long period of time. I also urge people to look not just at any one poll, but to look at a group of polls taken within the same general time frame to see if they show the same uh, trend. Uh, in this case, uh, I've spent some substantial time uh, with the cross tabs and the full analysis of the New York Times swing state polls. Uh, and I must tell you that I think that Trump's lead in every state but Wisconsin, meaning he now leads in Georgia, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, uh, uh, and uh, Arizona, uh, is not leading uh, in Wisconsin, um, is, uh, is indicative, uh, uh, and Nevada, uh, is indicative uh, of the uh, public backlash regarding the tsunami of lawfare that has been launched against him. Uh, his uh, epic arrest uh, in Atlanta, uh, the iconic mugshot. These are the kind of big picture events uh, that affect polling. And if you look at the internal numbers of the New York Times Siena College poll, what you see is that Trump has gained among independents. Uh, he has gained among younger voters, Joe Biden, uh, led him in one state by one point among younger voters. Uh, he's made substantial gains among African-American voters. Uh, and uh, he is either leading or almost even uh, with Joe Biden among Hispanic voters. Now, Hispanic voters and African-American voters are traditionally, habitually dependable Democratic voting bases. Uh, I believe this trend is only going to continue. So uh, this in turn has caused hysteria within the Democratic Party uh, as professional Democrats, uh, those in Congress, those in party leadership positions begin to question whether Joe Biden can win again. Uh, I think that, the, that these poll results showing Trump ahead are a manifestation of the impact of Joe Biden's uh, domestic policies, uh, gasoline prices, food scarcity, uh, the 76% increase in the cost of basic groceries, uh, the epic uh, inflation rate, which is ravaging the buying power of the average uh, American working family's dollar, uh, but also um, the looming prospect uh, of uh, World War III, the fact that we have shipped over $200 billion to Ukraine when we have 370,000 homeless veterans in this country, we cannot provide for. I just use that as an example. Uh, the average American doesn't understand why we can't spend the money to close our own southern border when we're worrying about uh, the Russian invasion of the borders of Ukraine. That makes no sense to the average people. 
uh, and uh, it is very clear that we have an illegal migrant crisis in this country. Uh, Secretary uh, of Homeland Security Mayorkas puts out a statement in which he actually has the audacity to say uh, that our southern border is secure, as if people cannot see uh, the videos uh, and the news coverage of literally thousands and thousands and thousands of illegal migrants entering the United States completely and totally unimpeded. Uh, the American people also recognize that a disproportionate number of them are young military age males. Uh, this has in, in turn caused what everybody recognizes is a, a drug epidemic in America, uh, a fentanyl epidemic, uh, and a resultant crime epidemic. Plus, every major city in the country uh, is uh, is budgetarily bursting at the seams uh, as they attempt to provide social services uh, for these illegals, sometimes at the expense of uh, elderly uh, and uh, veteran American citizens. So uh, I think that these polls are, are very real. A uh, reporter asked me today whether I thought the polls had been subtly manipulated uh, by uh, friends of, uh, uh, of Barack Obama uh, or others in the Democratic Party as part and parcel of the effort to get Joe Biden not to run. Um, I saw no evidence in the crosstabs of manipulation of these polls, and therefore I take them uh, at face value. Thank you for your question. Uh, this is uh, Terry of, from Fairfield, Connecticut asks uh, or says, uh, I recall at the Turning Point USA event uh, that you said that you believed that Joe Biden would be replaced by Michelle Obama. Do you still think that? Uh, I do still think that. Uh, I realize that I am in a minority who think that, but I still stick to my prediction. Uh, I've had uh, Joel Gilbert, uh, the documentary filmmaker, on this show uh, multiple times. Also had my, my WABC radio show. Uh, and he makes, I think, a very, very good case uh, that Michelle Obama is uh, warming up for a presidential campaign. First of all, there is the change of rules in the Democratic Party. Uh, where they have essentially delegitimized the first in the nation Iowa caucuses uh, and the first in the nation New Hampshire primary, uh, stripping those states of their delegates. Uh, the filing deadline for South Carolina is actually this Friday. Uh, the Nevada uh, primary filing deadline has already passed, uh, and Joe Biden uh, and Kamala Harris uh, filed uh, for uh, that uh, deadline. Uh, but I also would point out to you that unlike the Republican Party, the Democratic Party's use of superdelegates makes it extraordinarily difficult, uh, pardon me, extraordinarily easy, unlike the Republican Party, to later manipulate and change nominees. So uh, just because a delegate is committed to Joe Biden, if theoretically next uh, June, next May, uh, Joe Biden decided that he, uh, for reasons of health, uh, was not going to run for re-election, that he wasn't going to resign as president, meaning he was going to maintain the legal authority uh, to pardon his son, uh, his brother, and other key members of the Biden crime family. Um, it would not be difficult 
uh, for the real maestro of the Democratic Party uh, to orchestrate the uh, nomination of another stronger candidate. Uh, talking to friends of mine who are professional Democrats, uh, there is there is uh, near hysteria in the Democratic Party. They are apoplectic about these new New York Times polls because they also reflect other polling, which shows that Joe and Biden is increasingly uh, unelectable. Uh, combine with that, uh, uh, the burgeoning scandal uh, regarding uh, Biden family crime uh, and the search for a new candidate uh, is on. Uh, the the biggest problem that the Democrats have, of course, is Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, Kamala Harris uh, is does not have dementia, uh, but she makes even less sense than Joe Biden when she speaks. And there is no confidence in the Democratic Party uh, that she could win if she ran in his stead. Yet, based on the traditions of politics, as the sitting vice president, uh, she would be next in line. Uh, and she is, of course, a woman of color, which is very significant for two key dominant uh, interest groups within the modern Democratic Party. This is why I continue to predict and predict yet again here today that ultimately the Democratic Party nominee will be uh, not a California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom, uh, but uh, instead uh, former First Lady uh, Michelle Obama. Uh, now, Barack Obama gave the keynote speech at the 2012 Democratic Convention when they nominated John Kerry. Uh, it is not coincidental that Michelle Obama gave the keynote speech uh, at the last Democratic National Convention when they nominated uh, Joe Biden. Uh, it's also not incidental that Michelle Obama has now published her second biography in which she has created a largely fictional narrative about who she really is and where she really came from. Her husband also had two uh, biographies in the warm-up for his presidential campaign. It's very interesting to me that in the last 24 hours, uh, Barack Obama on his uh, ex, formerly known as Twitter, profile uh, has uh, really strongly stood up and backed uh, Joe Biden, who he clearly recognizes is under fire. Uh, but David Axelrod, uh, the political strategist most responsible for the rise of Barack Obama has yet again said that the party needs to nominate someone other than uh, uh, Joe Biden uh, in order to win. So I think uh, the Obamas are playing a double game here. Uh, and I think it is not at all certain uh, that Joe Biden will be the Democratic Party nominee. Uh, thank you uh, very much for your question, Terry. Fairfield County is very close to where I originally uh, was born in the city of Norwalk uh, and where I grew up uh, in New Canaan, Connecticut. So I'm happy to have your question. Uh, here's a, a question uh, from Alex uh, in Austin, Texas, who says, uh, the CIA killed John F. Kennedy. Why do you keep insisting that Lyndon Johnson did it? Well, those are not necessarily inconsistent. Uh, I strongly urge you to get my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Uh, this is a New York Times bestseller. 
uh, in which I use eyewitness evidence, fingerprint evidence, uh, deep Texas politics to make the compelling case uh, that Lyndon Johnson, uh, along with the Central Intelligence Agency, the Secret Service, uh, the FBI, organized crime, and big Texas oil uh, had the motive, means, and opportunity uh, to uh, murder John F. Kennedy on November 22nd, 1963. Uh, I, if you decide to buy the book, let's see if we can pull up the cover of that, I would appreciate it. Um, but if you decide to buy the book, um, I urge you to go to stonezone.com and you can buy it uh, in the store there uh, and you'll get a signed copy. You could buy it uh, at uh, Amazon. There, there's Stone Zone. You can go to the shop uh, at uh, Stone Zone. Let's bring up a copy uh, of the book itself, if we could. There it is, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. You can also go to themanwhokilledkennedy.com, themanwhokilledkennedy.com. That'll take you directly to the link where you can get your autographed copy. Uh, this is a New York Times bestseller. Uh, Oliver Stone himself once told me this was the most compelling book that he has had read on the Kennedy assassination prior to the book by Fletcher Prouty, uh, and that he wished he had read it prior to making his documentary film. So folks, let me urge you to get your copy of The Man Who Killed Kennedy dot com. Uh, go to The Man Who Killed Kennedy dot com to get your copy of uh, my uh, New York Times bestselling book. If you choose to buy it at Amazon, which is your right, let me strongly urge you to get the paperback edition because it has three extra chapters uh, that I added uh, after the fact. When you write a groundbreaking book like this, a lot of information comes in over the transom. It all has to be verified and vetted, uh, but I've expanded the book very substantially. So again, uh, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, go to uh, themanwhokilledkennedy.com to get your copy today. Thank you for your question. Uh, here is a question from Mike in Toms River, New Jersey. Uh, Mike wants to know, uh, why is Chris Christie running for president? That's an excellent question. Uh, I think Chris Christie's time was as a national candidate was 2012. Um, he weighed, pardon the expression, uh, running for president. Uh, he elected not uh, to do so, hoping at that time that he would become the vice presidential running mate for Mitt Romney. Uh, he was passed over for that position. Uh, and uh, I've seen this before. Uh, if there was ever a time that he was a star in the party, um, that was his time. Uh, he then uh, chose to run four years later. That was uh, an ignominious disaster uh, because uh, his, uh, he's not very attractive as a candidate. Uh, and he ultimately, as I think most people know, 2016 endorsed Donald Trump, who he knew very well because of Donald Trump's vast business holdings in New Jersey. Uh, his motive today seems to be animus. It seems to, he basically admitted this uh, on CNN, where he seems to pop up a lot, by the way, uh, that he was running because, well, he was passed over for a high-level job in the Trump administration. That's not a very good reason uh, to run for president. 
Uh, I'm surprised, in all honesty, that he's been able to raise enough money to qualify for the debates, uh, but he's a negative force in the debates. Uh, when he appeared this past weekend at the Sunshine Summit here in Orlando, where President Donald Trump dominated in an extraordinary speech, uh, and where Governor Ron DeSantis had to bus in essentially enough state employees to have a good showing, uh, Chris Christie was roundly booed. So well, I do think Chris Christie needs to run, not for president. He just needs to run. Uh, my guess is that he is running uh, for uh, a job uh, as a permanent uh, commentator at CNN, a job that pays extraordinarily well. And if they won't have him, well, maybe MSNBC will. He's a non-factor uh, in this race. Uh, he continues to poll in single digits. Uh, and I predict to you that at the Fox debate uh, tomorrow night, uh, where Donald Trump has a uh, competing rally just down the street in Hialeah, Florida, which is where Mrs. Stone and I will be, um, that uh, Trump once again will command a much, much larger audience uh, than the entire Republican field. Thank you so much uh, for your question. Uh, here's a, a question from, uh, uh, well, I'll tell you what, uh, we've got another good question here, uh, which I'll ask you uh, on the other side. I'll answer for you on the other side. We're going to take a quick break for this commercial message. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery, or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. This is Roger Stone. You know, Winston Churchill loved a good cigar. 
So did Jack Kennedy, Mark Twain, and other notables. Whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, you need to know about My Patriot Cigars. These are premium handmade cigars out of Nicaragua made with 100% long filler tobacco aged at least three years to give you the best possible smoke. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE and you get 15% off. There's also free shipping for orders over $100. Every box of cigars comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Yes, it's a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and don't forget to use the promo code STONE. There you have it, folks, MyPatriotCigars.com. And now we've actually increased our discount to 25% when you use promo code STONE. This is a special short-term offer. Uh, the, these are premium, long-leaf, Nicaraguan uh, quality cigars. There are four different blends, one for every palate. Uh, so whether you're an occasional cigar smoker or a regular cigar smoker, uh, let me urge you to go to MyPatriotCigars.com and order your first box today. And again, free shipping for every order over $100. Thank you so much. Uh, we are taking your questions here. Again, you can send your question to us by going to askstone at stonezone.com, askstone at stonezone.com, uh, and we try to take your questions uh, in the order uh, they are asked. Uh, here's a question from uh, Eric. Uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, who asks, uh, what do you think of the defense uh, by Harrison Floyd, uh, one of those uh, individuals who has been charged by Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, uh, along with President uh, Donald Trump? Uh, well, rather than uh, plead guilty, uh, as uh, Sidney Powell uh, and uh, Kenneth Chesborough, uh, who I do not know, uh, Harrison Floyd has pled not guilty, uh, and he has announced, uh, or his lawyers have, that it is his intention to try to seek to discredit the underlying premise of District Attorney Willis's uh, uh, indictment. And that is that Donald Trump lost the election in Georgia. Uh, Mr. Uh, Floyd uh, uh, disputes this. And he believes that the Secretary of State uh, and the county election boards have and must disgorge the evidence in which he says he and his attorneys can prove uh, that Trump did not lose Georgia uh, and that therefore uh, they could not possibly have conspired illegally to remain in power uh, if they actually won. Uh, this is a very gutsy uh, and I would say not inexpensive uh, uh, legal strategy, uh, but uh, I know and like uh, Harrison Floyd. Uh, he can't talk about the case. We've had him on the show. Uh, he can't talk about the case specifically uh, outside of court. Um, what remains to be seen is whether uh, the judge uh, and the state entities, like Secretary of State Raffensperger, are going to give him 
uh, the evidence uh, that he requires to demonstrate uh, his lack of guilt. Now, under the system, you're not required to prove that you are innocent. The state is required to prove that you are guilty. Uh, but uh, Mr. Floyd requires uh, uh, a number of things from the state, including uh, ballots, uh, absentee ballots, carrier envelopes, uh, official results, and so on. I'm going to be watching this uh, very carefully. Uh, unfortunately for the folks at MSNBC, I was not involved in any way in the Georgia uh, uh, dispute, uh, other than what I've read about it. So uh, what I've seen of Mr. Harrison Floyd, I must tell you, uh, I like uh, very, very much, and I wish him the very best. Uh, and if he is uh, fortunate enough to be acquitted, uh, or if he's actually, even if he is uh, unjustly convicted, we will invite him back here on the Stone Zone. God bless you, Harrison Floyd. This is a very gutsy and courageous defense strategy, uh, and I hope it is successful. Uh, all right, uh, here is a question uh, from Enrique uh, in Punta Gorda, Florida, who says, uh, what is it like when the FBI raids your home at six o'clock in the morning? Uh, the answer is, it is uh, terrifying. Uh, my wife and I uh, last week went to the uh, world premiere uh, of the new Dinesh D'Souza movie, Police State. Uh, and there is a dramatization there of an FBI raid uh, on a couple's home. Uh, and frankly, it made me so sick to my stomach that I had to get up and go to the uh, men's room. Uh, it was uh, emotionally uh, very wrenching. Um, there was no reason whatsoever for the raid uh, on my home. Uh, my lawyers spoke to special counsel Robert Mueller's office the day before. We actually provided them with 30 pages of text messages, which without any question, by the way, proved uh, my innocence uh, in this uh, bogus claim uh, that I had served as a go-between between, between uh, WikiLeaks and the Trump campaign, uh, which is categorically untrue, which the government actually never produced any proof of, other than the false testimony of Michael Cohen uh, and the false uh, testimony uh, of uh, uh, another gentleman. Anyway, we won't get into it, uh, other than to say uh, that uh, if they had just told my attorneys that I would be charged, um, I would have turned myself in and it would have saved the taxpayers uh, $1.1 million. Instead, uh, 29 heavily armed, fully SWAT clad FBI agents brandishing fully automatic M4 assault weapons uh, surrounded uh, my home. Uh, at six o'clock in the morning to take me into custody for the first time nonviolent and I would argue fabricated crime uh, of lying to Congress uh, regarding Russian collusion uh, in my voluntary testimony. Now, in order to violate the False Statements Act, uh, your false statement not only needs to be willful, uh, but it must also be material, meaning it needs to hide some uh, other crime. There was no other crime uh, to hide. Uh, and ultimately, uh, most people don't know this because the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, uh, and none of the networks have ever covered it. 
uh, on November 2nd of 2020, that's election day, the busiest news day of the year, uh, a federal judge ordered uh, the Justice Department to release the last remaining redacted long hidden sections of Robert Mueller's final report in which even he could not sugarcoat the fact that he had actually found no evidence of WikiLeaks collaboration, a Russian collusion, or any other crime on my part. So I was basically framed for a process crime uh, in an effort to induce me under pressure to testify against uh, President uh, Donald Trump, uh, which of course I refused to do. Uh, the worst part about that day was FBI agents opened the door uh, and let my uh, twin Yorkshire Terriers, who are never taken outside without a leash, uh, flee. We thought that we had lost them. I was in handcuffs uh, and could do nothing about it. Uh, Mrs. Stone, uh, who is hearing impaired, uh, woke up looking down the barrel of a rifle. Uh, she admonished the FBI agents to find our dogs before they escaped or were injured, and to their credit, uh, they did so. Uh, this is not something I recommend. These are the heavy-handed fascist tactics of a deep state seeking to, in my case, I think, intimidate me, uh, perhaps into, into communicating uh, or into cooperating uh, or into bearing false witness against the president. All right, we are out of time. I'm Roger Stone. This is The Stone Zone. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and uh, we won't be here tomorrow because we'll be at President Trump's rally, but we will be here Thursday. So check out uh, uh, another one of our shows tomorrow at five o'clock. God bless you and Godspeed. My towels solved a problem that we've all had with towels. You go into the stores and they feel lotiony and soft, but then you get them home and they wind dry you. That's why I made my towels. They actually work, they're soft, and they absorb. And now I'm excited to announce two brand new lines of my towels. What makes them the best towels ever is they're now made with 100% long staple Shapir cotton. This is a combed ring spun cotton that makes my towels even softer and more absorbent than ever. And now you get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as $29.98. So go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get my towels for only $29.98. Or you can get my designer premium line for just $20 more. Either way, you save 50% now on all my towels. They actually work. What a concept. This offer won't last long, so please order now. MyPillow.com